0: Hi, and welcome to Seen and Heard. Today we have what CEO Anya Radabaugh joining Allison to talk about the latest in California legislation. So let's get into it.
1: Pacific Gas and Electric is here to remind you that signs keep you safe. Sections of our natural gas transmission pipeline travel underground and beneath agricultural land. For the safety of you, your family, and your employees, pipeline markers are placed to indicate the approximate location of the pipe as a reminder to use extra care. Removing a pipeline marker creates a serious safety hazard. To have additional markers placed or report damaged or missing markers, please call your PG&E account manager or our Agricultural Customer Service Center at 877-311-3276. To learn more, visit www.pge.com agsafety. Remember, signs keep you safe.
0: Thanks for coming on the podcast today. How are you, Anya?
1: Really well. Winding down a very busy week in Sacramento.
0: Definitely. So we are, oh, we are actually going to do an update on that. Uh, can we go ahead and just jump into the flavored milk bill uh, that Jason was talking about at the board meeting?
1: Sure. So this is actually a, um, a sugar bill. It's uh, SB 348 authored by Senator Nancy Skinner. And what she's attempting to do here is minimize the amount of sugar, uh, added sugar, per day for a child um, over two years old. So the legislation, SB 348, would do a few things. Uh, First of all, it would create a process within the State Department of Education to develop guidelines and recommendations that establish the amount of added sugar could only be allowed at X um, grams per day. And so the figure that she's decided to go with is that it would require school meals not to exceed 25 grams of sugar per day per child over two years old. And so um, it would also require that California schools basically maximize the available federal funds to provide these school children meals during the summer in theory to reduce food insecurity. And so the language, um, it may conflict with newly released USDA proposed school meals. We're working with the Dairy Council of California to make sure that that's um, not the issue. And I think that Senator Skinner is generally concerned about the amount of added sugar here, not whether it's dairy or a muffin. We're trying to make sure that dairy does not um, get placed on the same block as things like muffins or just highly processed styles of food. Um, And so we're urging the adoption of a single standard that that includes guidance about which products are nutrient dense. So that would include flavored milk, but along with increasing access to fresh and nutrient rich foods across the school system. So we're working pretty hard on that. Um, There's a lot of things happening. Um, This bill did advance off of um, Senate Appropriations today. Um, which means it's great if they're actually taking our amendments uh, into consideration. But until the legislative session comes to a close, which is at the end of August each year, um, I always remain um, very cautious about some of these things.
0: So if this bill um, passes through and milk is not um, distinguished as a nutrient-dense product on there and it's thrown in with the rest of the sugar guidelines how badly will this affect the dairy industry?
1: Uh, It's not overly possible that that can be achieved at the moment because the governor and the legislature for the last three years in a row have actually authored and signed bills into law that increase the amount of locally sourced milk products. So um, it would definitely be in conflict with the Department of Education today. So I would imagine um, they weren't going to butt up against that. I don't think there's a really desire to do that. I think the ultimate desire is to try to see how we can minimize some of the muffins and processed foods and replace them with things like cheese and, and, um, and flavored milk. It would definitely, I mean, if, if it went forward without our input, um, I do think that it would be um, really challenging to make sure we have nutrient access across the school districts in California, especially Eastern L.A., um, so I think we're we're headed in the right direction on this bill um, Senator Skinner has been a huge advocate of minimizing child food insecurity and she's not um, she's never been um, an antagonist to the dairy industry so we're uh, working with her on the science that the dairy council of California is providing is parallel to none. they're just phenomenal resources um, they work on a holistic attempt at, at discussing policy around um, nutrient-rich foods, not just for the dairy industry, but you know, we try to adopt, I think, methodologies around um, the whole plate, <clears throat> not just dairy foods.
0: Got it. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about uh, that is related to this bill before we move on to the next bill we're gonna talk about?
1: Sure. No, I think um, this one was good for now. Uh, there'll be a lot more in- uh, information coming out on this one in June. Um, when things get a little bit more narrow on what type of priorities are available left to the Senate. But right now, each house, uh, generally speaking, is moving things through their respective appropriations chambers and things either live or die in the next week or so. And um, basically each house, the assembly and the Senate will come together on a lot of their mutual priorities in the coming months. But what's really on the docket is the governor's revise. Um, That came out last Friday. And so now it's a game of chicken. Um, The governor has authored his priorities and each the Senate and the assembly will have to provide their own priorities. Um, And so it's kind of a fight because right now we are in a budget deficit. Um, In order to offset some of the impacts around um, flooding and other things, the governor um, decided to extend the tax deadline until October Uh, So there's a lot of unknowns right now in the state budget, except that there's not very much money available.
0: So uh, moving on to the methane emissions reductions for dairy bill, um, can you talk a little bit about what is going on with that?
1: Right. So I'll start I'll start with um, SB 709, which is a bill authored by Senator Ben Allen. So Senator Allen has authored what he's calling a low carbon fuel standard revise for the dairy methane sector. Um, that as of <clears throat> this morning was now moved to a two year, two year bill, which means that there was not enough concurrence around the policy. Um, I would imagine that ARB offered its hostility to the bill, but what the bill does is it essentially, um, eliminates dairy digesters from having the ability to get LCFS credits, along with the 10 year extension that they are currently eligible for. And so this is an environmental justice sponsored bill um, and they really have been trying to attack the fact that dairy is one of the lowest carbon intensity fuels in California. Um, And all of the local air and water pollution scientists agree with that statement. It's not just Western saying that, Um, but they are predominantly anti-gas and they're definitely anti-animal agriculture. So they locked arms with Senator Allen um, in producing this bill Um, We knew that there was a real high likelihood of it becoming a two-year bill. It just means that it's going to go on the shelf until next year. Um, In the meantime, there are a lot of discussions around climate bonds. So we will here at Western be very vigilant about making sure that no part of these bills, especially this one, ends up in any type of climate bond. But we were able to um i think proposed very strong opposition to this bill we're the only agricultural organization that partnered with the teamsters in opposing this uh, harmful legislation so we know that that had a huge um, role to play in in helping the committee move this to at least a two-year bill take a pause in some of the negotiations um for western this was a straight kill there was no component of this bill that could be salvaged that would benefit the California dairy industry. So we're very happy that it's been moved to a two year bill. Unfortunately, it means that the fight is just now a little bit delayed. But uh, in the meantime, hopefully, it will allow us some space to come together as an industry and figure out um, what maybe the best uh, counterattack strategies would look like.
0: So, what impacts would SB 709 have on the dairy sector?
1: Well, the industry has deployed a tremendous amount of skilled labor, capital and technology to achieve methane reductions. Um, It also is the only industry right now in across the world that's actually helping California meet requirements of 1383, which reduces short-lived climate pollutants and therefore greenhouse gases. And SB 709 sends an immediate chilling message halting any new digester projects and any further progress to mitigate methane emissions. It's not just digesters that Western cares about. We care deeply about reducing methane in general, um, but if there is the message coming from the capital that these emission reductions are not, you know, appropriate and not, not something that's wanted, I think that the retirement of existing digesters would really cause the industry to return to its pre-2013 level emissions or as we always know, um, probably export more dairy cows outside of the state. The demand for dairy and dairy products is, you know, it's doubled if not tripled since the pandemic. So if we don't get these California products and these local based um, farms stay in business, we're gonna end up importing a tremendous amount more greenhouse gases uh, than we, if we stay in California and actually reduce them. So. I think that um, the legislation is really coy about what its real intention is. Um, Anti-animal ag interests um, like the leadership council for justice and accountability should just be explicit about the fact that they want to shut down California dairy production. Um, But instead they, they sidestep a lot of that um, by trying to alter the low carbon fuel standard. They are trying to stop locally at every county wide turn, the, the dairy consolidation in general. And so, Uh, that's gonna cause significant harm towards the state's uh, methane reduction goals and California Air Resources Board knows that. Um, And so this is why these sponsors have gone to the legislature because they have not gotten what they wanted out of ARB because the science simply does not support their requests. So um, again, we're very happy that this bill is on a temporary pause, but it does mean that we have to be on our guard and be looking out for it next year if not sooner.
0: So uh, there was also an update that was wanted by the board from the board meeting yesterday um, on the enteric bill. Would you be able to give us an update on how things went with that today?
1: All right. So SB 485, uh, that is the Senator Becker bill. We've talked about it quite a bit on this podcast um, and in our update, but essentially what it does is it began by offering a series of incentives for feed additives for dairy farmers. Um, That's how the bill was couched. And what ultimately arrived at that bill was the bill was presented as an incentive program, a voluntary incentive program with about 27 new ARB mandates. Um, Right now, ARB lacks the authority to regulate enteric. They would disagree with me, but 1383 is very explicit about this authority There are several high benchmarks that have to be achieved in the areas of enteric before ARB can even touch this. Um, They have therefore decided to try to include it anyways in some of their overall climate reduction goals. Um, I've mentioned this several times in the podcast uh, about what Western's been doing to try to counter that. But this bill is a bit of a one-off of some of these conversations where you have the Environmental Justice Committee, community, excuse me, once again, trying to um, work ways into regulating dairies, obviously with the intention of getting rid of them. Um, and so the, the voluntary incentive program uh, was really couched in a way that gave ARB the authority that they currently lack. So that made it a very um, hard landing for West United Dairies. Uh, we know that the burden would be passed directly under the producers. Um, And it's a huge risk. Uh, 1383 was a real challenge for us at the time because we weren't sure how the technology was going to work in 2016. We had an idea. There were lots of good studies done. We had, I think, some reasonable confidence that with some changes in digester design and changes in AMP projects, we were going to see reductions. That is not the case with Enteric. There are um, and there was a very a big conference on the enteric, um, it was an enteric summit that UC Davis and CDFA hosted about two weeks ago, uh, where the feedback was mixed. I think that um, climate change and solving greenhouse gases is a very sexy conversation. There's a lot of grant funding for it, but um, there is a lot of uncertainty about the technology. And most of that uncertainty from my chair sits on the back of the farmer, which is an unacceptable position. And so negotiating with ARB in this space is overly risky, uh, but we want to make sure that if there really are involuntary incentive programs and if there is any money out there, which currently there's not, um, that it's done in a way um, that, that allows the dairy farmer to try different things in this space and not be penalized by ARB and the rest of the industry suffering under mandates that currently they don't. And so generally speaking, uh, we had made recommendations throughout SB 485 that would have been workable for California dairy farmers. Um, That that includes striking anything to do with allowing A or B more authority. That was a a, a non-starter for us. Um, But I think the bigger thing that we ended up fighting quite a bit with our own industry about was actually the creation of a farmer led working group. Um, We thought it was really important to make sure that all types of dairy production are represented at the table, um, along with veterinarians, um, nutritionists, I mean, sure, scientists, obviously, um, but you know, the, the, the acceptance and the general um, recognition that consultants and lobbyists speak for our industry really has to fall by the wayside and it needs to fall by the wayside quickly. And allowing dairy farmers a seat at that table was particularly important to Western And not just any dairy farmer, we wanted smaller guys, medium-sized dairy herds, organic, grass-fed, all of those things found their way into convening a working group. Um, And so that has caused a lot of internal, I think, strife in the industry. Um, And, you know, creating a feed additives program that reduces emissions uh, through the use of voluntary incentives, we wanted to make sure, again, that that didn't come with any strings attached uh, by ARB. So we didn't want benchmarks that could be used later um, that would allow for the industry to fail potentially in meeting arbitrary food schedules. So again, um, consulting farmers was uh, our top priority. We feel really strongly, um, our board does, that uh, dairy farmers have been left out of this entire conversation and that it's been really isolated in these of sustainability, whatever that means. For a dairy farmer, it means can I pass my land and my my dairy on to my kids? Um, But it means something very different to processors. And we need those processors to be really strong in marketing our products and able to move our milk, recognize that this area of sustainability is nuanced for the consumer. But generally speaking, it should not come with all of our hands on the dairy production side being tied with more mandates. So um, that bill was being heard uh, yesterday and today in the Senate Appropriations Committee. It did pass just a matter of hours ago um, with all of Wood's amendments. And so we're incredibly proud of that work. Um, it was a much bigger fight for a bill that people said nobody wanted than I was thinking it would be. I thought perhaps It would be an easy negotiation, but um, there were a lot of people that were fighting for ARB mandates and that was not acceptable to Western.
0: Alrighty. Well, I believe that is it on the bill updates unless do you have something else you wanted to talk about before we wrap it up?
1: Well, this is by far um, just a lap around a very long marathon. Um, June will bring more discussions around budgets it will bring more fighting. There is only so many presents that all of us get out of Sacramento each year. And unfortunately, um, not a lot of people have had to, you know, kind of lock arms and and figure out where those battle lines need to be drawn in a budget uh, constriction process. Everybody has been generally well fed in budget surpluses, um, especially in the ag industry. But um, in Sacramento, it's important to point out that ag is viewed monolithically. We are, in fact, not the same um, and often buy for the same pots of money for different purposes. And so um, I'm not really looking forward to that. That's a really tough part of my job because I would prefer that agriculture is unified. But um, as it stands, I I am paid uh, by our dairy farmers to fight for them. And so that's what we're going to do. Uh, But throughout the summer is a very busy month Um, in June with these budget fights. uh, July will be a little quieter. And then August is the last lap around this major race in the legislative session. So a lot of policy bills that had been punted will be decided in that moment. You can look forward to quite a few more updates from us um, throughout the summer.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Anya. You're welcome. Have a good day.
1: Bennett
0: Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at Bennett-Environmental.com. Are you tired of hearing that the main way to save water is fallowing? Are
1: you tired of seeing articles about how alfalfa and corn waste water? At Common Good
0: Water, we combine the best-in-class subsurface drip system and precision crop management services, including pest control. Our verification program qualifies for public
1: funding, and we want to help you continue farming in California. Contact your groundwater sustainability agency and ask how you can work with Common Good Water. Visit commongoodwater.com.
0: We want to thank Anya for joining us on today's episode. Please subscribe to the podcast and stay up to date with how WUD is fighting for the dairy industry. Thank you to the Western United Dairy's generous business sponsors, The Morning Star Company, Holt of California, Farm Credit Alliance, PG&E, Arata, Swingle, Van Egmond and Goodwin Law Offices, Yosemite Farm Credit, F&R Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, California Dairy Magazine, Bennett Environmental, and Common Good Water. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support.